From the team at Waterstones, welcome to What Is, a podcast where we discuss interesting tech. I'm Paul, and today I'm joined by Maggie, who's going to be discussing the topic of customer centricity with me. So Maggie, can you start by telling me what is customer centricity when it, it relates to technology? Hey, so yeah, um, the main definition around customer centricity, in particular technology, is that these companies are obsessed with their customers and they use all the data available to them to make decisions about what their direction of the business is going to be based on what the customers are saying. So rather than take the route of what is the next big thing, they take the route of what do our customers want us to do, sometimes elevate it, but mainly they they make decisions based on that. They also opt for loyalty over time rather than immediate profit. So they really look to the future and think, okay, what is the lifetime value of this customer? Which is something that has been enabled a lot more with technology because they have so many, so many more data points. So they're able to tell where their customers are coming from, you know, what other things that they did beforehand um, and all of that. And also it's surprisingly about motivating your employees as well to be happy and to be engaged in the company ethos so that they provide a better service to their customers which is something that I think a lot of people overlook with customer centricity is that it focuses so much on customers but also the people who are going to be dealing with those customers Um, and it also relies on all the people dealing with the customers to have a level of customer empathy which is I think something that in traditional industries probably wasn't a requirement as a skill but you see it a lot more now um, with companies where they say they, they want somebody who is very good at communicating with people and they're very good at getting to the root of the issue. So in a small summary, it is just about being obsessed with your customers and building your business around your customers. Yeah. So where do you think you've seen this yourself? Like what companies? Yeah. So the biggest example that a lot of people are aware of and a lot of people know about is Amazon. You know, they, from the start, they banked on customer satisfaction and loyalty to build the business up and it's succeeded for them. But it's, they do little things that mean that their customers are very satisfied. Things, for example, like, um, when you are processing a transaction, they don't ask you for the three numbers on the back of your card because they would rather take the risk and have to refund you the money over the longer term value of you saving those few seconds to do that and having the convenience of being able to buy something really easily. You know, they have a very easy return system, which is something that like I didn't appreciate until I had to deal with a uh, a regular retailer, admittedly a small one. So, you know, a lot of people will say that Amazon could afford to do this. You know, they could afford to be customer centric because they're huge. They can't really, you know, they don't, they don't have to worry so much about the cash flow. But I think Amazon has always been built on this. Like they, from the start, they've set out as saying that they will be customer centric. And that is why people keep coming back to them. You know, it's, it's, it's about giving you features that nobody else does because that's what you want. We're so, now used to having next day delivery, which is <laughs> something I never thought I would be able to do. Like I, sometimes when I think about the logistics of what they have to do to be able to do that for me as a customer, it's crazy, but they do it because it makes me a happy customer. And, you know, and, and people pay to have this service. And I think if you would have told somebody that ages ago, they would have said, yeah, no, right. No way is somebody going to pay just for the privilege of having next day delivery among other services, but next day delivery. So I think that's such a good success story of looking at the customer as their long-term value rather than just as how, how can I quickly get money out of them? 
So I'll, I really admire them for sticking to it and, and still having such an easy system. You know, I mean, we all use Amazon for a lot of things. And it's just, yeah, that ease of, of dealing with them is just such a relief. I mean, I recently had an example where, like I said, I ordered something from a traditional smaller business and I received my items after, you know, five or six days after ordering, which is still quite quick. But at the same time, there was a period of time where I wasn't sure whether my order had been processed. And it was like, oh God, what do I do? Like, I don't know, like they don't work on weekends because it's a small business, whereas Amazon is there 24-7. And then when I received my items, they were the wrong size. So I had to exchange them. And they actually didn't have the option to exchange. I had to kind of tick return, but then in the notes say, please don't just return these. I want these, but I just want a bigger size. And it was such a weird thing to be like, all it would take is to have one extra drop down option to say exchange. But even that, you know, and and then having to ship it back, pay for the postage as well, which I mean, you know, whatever, um, pay for the postage and then wait another six days to receive it. Um, it was, yeah, it was eye opening to think how easy Amazon is where, you know, if you need to return something, you ship it off as soon as, as soon as they get the shipment notification to say that the item has been returned, they give you the money back straight away. No questions asked. It's just so easy. It's just so convenient and it makes online shopping so much easier because I think that's in that arena. One thing that puts customers off online shopping is the fact that I can't see this item before it arrives. So I don't know if it's the right item. And then if I have to return it, that's an extra hassle. So I'm just going to go into store and get it. And I think Amazon have done brilliantly to break down that barrier, but a lot of retailers are still kind of catching up. But it's because of that. They knew that if customers were going to buy online, they wanted it quick. They wanted it really easily. And they wanted to be able to change their mind really easily. And I mean, it's worked. You know, they're a huge, huge company now. Yeah. Who I mean, thought? yeah. They, <laughs> I was going to say they are seen as... I suppose the pinnacle when it comes to online retail and how you deal with that and the amount of stuff they sell um, is probably one thing people look at, but they probably overlook that convenience you talk about. And personally, myself, that's the one I'm always fascinated with is their new, I think it's Amazon Go stores they're coming out oh, with. Oh, yes. Yeah, which is check out without like just pick up mm-hmm. something and they'll track what you've picked up and charge you for it but more interestingly for me is the return policy is just say oh i want to return that and they don't ever ask for it back they just mm-hmm. refund you it's built on trust yeah. um which is a big part of their whole customer centricity like actually through the website that happens sometimes as well mm-hmm. um so they are for me a really good example i suppose sort of conflicting with that second point that you raised earlier being they aren't necessarily seen as the nicest to their employees who would you say would really emphasize that second point of also having that that employee culture that you talked about earlier as well well as far as i know um there are potentially two which are monzo which are an online bank and i think starling as well who are very popular online bank as well but i think also slack so those two i think both have reputations for being good to their employees i think you can see it a lot with monzo and to some extent starling but i haven't had as much i've, I've only recently opened an account with both monzo you know the fact that um the customer support you can tell that it's real humans talking to you in a really human way 
And um, whenever Monzo are thinking about um, any changes or anything like that, they will engage with the community and it's it's real people that you're talking to. So I think as far as I can tell from what I've seen, they embody that that secondary part of also keeping their employees happy. They'll make it a good place to work um, because ultimately those people are dealing directly with the customers and they're dealing with issues that are not pleasant. They're dealing with issues where like, they have to explain things in a really simple way. That's quite a complicated thing. You know, financial is such a difficult arena, at least in my opinion. Like, I, I don't know any, the first thing about finances. And a lot of people would think that, oh, because you can Google it, actually, you've got all your information there. You don't need those people to, to have that skill of explaining something to you. But actually, as a customer, I have gone onto Monzo before and asked a question of the customer support person that I, kind of knew the answer to based on googling but i really wanted that person's interpretation of it to make sure that it matched my own and you know i actually started the conversation with you know i've i've read as much as i can about this so i think the answer is this but can you just go through it with me just to make sure that i'm on the right page and they did that and it was literally just like having a conversation with a friend so i think from what i can see they really treat their employees well but i think they've got the right end of the stick in terms of customer centricity because they really consult their customers on any changes they give people the option to submit any any changes like change requests or suggestions for improvement and they then rank them based on other suggestions and see what they can come up with and they give you a timeline of you know these are the updates that we're working on in this quarter and i think that is such a different approach to anybody else that i've encountered even you know like I actually, like I say, I've opened up a Starling account just because I was curious because they've actually won a bunch of awards in terms of being one of the best banks, but also like a really good company in general. Um, and I haven't had the chance to really talk to their customer support team, but it's just these these people who have built businesses that are purely online, but still understand that that doesn't mean that you don't have good people who you, who you can still talk to. So I think that is one thing that a lot of people have a misconception is like, oh, well, if you're online, then that means that you're talking to a robot. It's like, well, sometimes you just really want that human touch and especially in something like finance. So I really find them to be a good company. It's interesting, actually, because when you go to banks, Mm -hmm. they used to be very local and Mm -hmm. friendly, Mm -hmm. not at all technologically savvy. Um, Then they grew up to be big you still probably look at a lot of big banks. Barclays maybe being the exception who have a big push for we are technology friendly as being quite behind on the technology and how that works. So all these new banks like Monzo, Starling and Atom as well, just Mm -hmm. down the road from us. um, The fact that they are focused around technology, but also customers is really interesting that they see those two go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, their, I think their view of the future is that they don't have all the answers of what they should do next. But what they can do is ask their customers for suggestions of, you know, what are the things that you would want from your bank? And then obviously, you know, they take some of that into consideration and, and see whether that's both feasible and whether it's the right thing for them. But they start off with the customer, which is, I think, such a clever thing to do that I can't believe more people don't do but it's just like you say it's you know banks were traditional they provided a service the service needed to be that money needed to go into an account and needed to go from a account a to account b and that's about it you know and for businesses they needed to transact but it wasn't really seen as 
it could improve how you view finance, which I think is the the spin here is that, you know, these people focus on let's make finance stuff easier for our customers and let's make being financially savvy a, a really good thing to do rather than just something that you have to do because you're forced to um, and a really fun thing to do. So yeah, I just think they, they've got the model down and I'm like totally converted. If I didn't have, you know, there's some things that they still don't do. Um, so I keep one traditional bank account, you know, just, just for like bills and stuff like that to come out of. But actually I haven't logged onto there in a long while. I only log onto there really to check whether everything is all right, but that's it. I use my, I use my Monzo day to day and it's brilliant. Yeah, and you brought up Monzo before we started talking, which is quite interesting because on the day of recording yesterday, mm-hmm. um, they had quite a big problem where they had quite a few outages. So yeah. I sort of asked you about that and you gave a really interesting reply as to how you thought that showed off their customer centricity. Yeah, so um, so they had an outage yesterday where um, people couldn't pay with their cards at retailers. Some people had their accounts completely disappear with like all the money and they just couldn't see them um but my view is that actually monzo have dealt with it quite quickly you know by i think i personally i don't know i haven't actually been able to find exact data but i think within three to four hours it was sorted i think a lot of people will still stay with monzo because they dealt with it quickly the information was out there to say this is a problem and we're dealing with it um and Compared to traditional banks that could have outages for, you know, I've, I've seen it where it was two days of outages. You know, actually they're still doing really, really well. I think a lot of people knew about the outage because, you know, it's, it's an online bank. Everybody is just waiting for them to, to have a problem because it's such a new thing. But I think their customers are loyal to it because even though it was an outage, people knew that it was going to be sorted. They knew that Monzo were on it and, and they trusted that company to do that because they've seen it before. You know, they've had a couple of problems in the past as well. And I don't think I've ever seen people say that they are definitely leaving Monzo forever. You know, they might potentially say, Oh, I'm going to use a different app based bank more, but they, I don't think I've ever seen somebody say, Well, this is a deal breaker. I'm leaving Monzo. So I think it just shows that, you know, they've built that customer loyalty because the customers immediately trusted to say, yeah, no, Monzo will sort it. I'm sure it will be fine. And within three to four hours, it was done. You know, I still, I was still able to pay. Actually, I didn't even realize there was an outage. So I got probably lucky because I was still able to pay. But I think people just, that their customers just trust them implicitly to say, I know that you'll sort it. It'll be fine. And people with, I mean, I'm sure customer support were there because with customer support there, you can actually choose whether your issue's urgent or not. So I think then it means that they could prioritize those really quickly. So, I mean, that's just my personal opinion. It It is interesting. And I'd be interested to see how Monzo followed it up. I haven't mm. followed up and seen today. Um, but one company which I always think about, um, which most people probably haven't heard of, quite embedded in, in tech, is Cloudflare. Um, who provide a lot of services to developers and people who have websites. Um, Every time they have an outage, it's followed up a few days later by a very detailed blog post explaining exactly the mistakes they made, um, why they occurred, what they did to fix it. And I find that really interesting because it's that honesty and open approach. You know people aren't perfect people are going to make mistakes um, and they are responsible for a lot of the internet yeah. so when they make a mistake everyone finds out mm-hmm. so the fact that then like 
oh, how bad it was this really simple thing that we just made this really silly mistake here. Yeah. Um, and this is what we've learned from it. It's yeah. great from my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I really trust them because I know they're going to be honest about yeah. that. Um, so it does make a big difference. I think so. And I think with Monzo, they definitely would have had something already in the community tab to say, this is what's happening. We're sorting it and all of that. I'm sure I haven't actually looked because I didn't have that problem, but I'm sure they would have had because they exactly do the same thing like Cloudfair. You know, they usually put out a, the detailed post to say, this is what happened. We're really sorry. We're going to make sure that this doesn't happen in the future by doing this, 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 and this. So I think, I think that is the thing. Like you say, they're not afraid to be honest with their customers because they're dedicated to their customers not to the money that they make from them if that makes any sense like they're you know they're talking to their customers because they know that like it doesn't matter necessarily in the long term long run if that happens once or if that happens twice you know at the same time like you know they've been working 99.9% of the time like you know it's not it's not going to unless you know if there are any big problems i'm sure they would have sorted them but yeah i think i think that honesty and that transparency is so key in today's climate because we want to know what's happening we're nosy people so one thing i saw the other day that i wanted to ask you about was um customer centricity and innovation Mm -hmm. they can be seen to sit at either end of the spectrum um if you're customer centric, you're only doing what your customers want. You're never going to bring something that they would never think of to the market. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're innovative, you've got to think off your own back, mm-hmm. um, which means potentially ignoring your customers. Mm-hmm. Like, is, is that correct? Or like, what are your opinions on it? Can they work together? I personally think that they definitely work together because... That I feel like what innovation is, is that they take the opinions and the desires of their customers and they just take it one step further. So they kind of look at what the customers want right now, but then also think about, okay, but what could we do to really push the boundary here? So I don't think it's necessarily completely exclude, like excluding innovation. Um, I think it just gives them food for thought. And I think innovation can still be seen as, as application of a solution to the problem that has maybe been applied to a different problem, but not to this specific one. So, you know, with um, companies where they take customer feedback, they might just say, what have you seen at other companies that might not necessarily be in the same sphere? So Monzo might ask and say, okay, what when you went to a restaurant, what was the best thing that happened? And they could look at that and see whether they can innovate in their own industry based on something from a different industry. Um, And, you know, a lot of people will know about Apple and the fact that a lot, a few people would actually say that, you know, they're actually product centric, but in a way they were customer centric because they saw that their customers wanted as the next evolution of the iPod, they wanted something that could integrate the iPod with what they had in their hand, which was a phone and they made it. Admittedly, there were probably already those kinds of things in China where they kind of move at a faster pace, but they used something that probably seemed impossible and made it happen because they saw the trends in what their customers were saying. So I think it's definitely not excluding. And I think it's just a case of using that data that you have around your customers and that intimacy correctly and, and, and pushing the boundaries a little bit because customers don't know what they want until they have it in front of them, but they probably know what problem they want to solve. So it's about just addressing that and, and look into the future really a little bit. So 
Does that answer the question? <laughs> I realize I talked around a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's more about a bit of a misrepresentation of what yeah. customer centricity is. Yeah. It's not about doing exactly what your customers yeah. want. It's about listening to your customers and interpreting that, which opens yourself up to innovation of going, I think because the customers want this, this is actually going to be revolutionary and, and solve yeah. all their problems. Um, there probably is still, from my opinion, a bit of sometimes you have to do something they don't realize they want. Yeah. Um, which isn't not listening to customers, but actually, I suppose, understanding why getting the full complete picture, yeah. get what the customers think they want today, mm -hmm. see how this fits or doesn't fit with that and make a reasonable judgment of, mm -hmm. is this actually the right way to go? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people probably wouldn't have said that the future for banks was going to be online. A lot of people probably would have said that you wouldn't trust online things you know and and still there were people who tried that and went along with it and 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 really pushed the boundary and now it's overtaken the traditional banks so i think in a like especially in an industry like that or even in um even in tech you know like like i mentioned slack you know they actually solved a very simple problem but they solved it in a very simple way but in a way that solved the problem for the customer so they're still very popular even though there are many others who have replicated the same thing they're still seen as the people who kind of revolutionized how you do kind of communication in a team, you know, and others took inspiration from that, even though it wasn't necessarily something that you were struggling to solve because, I mean, you could just have a conversation with people on your team. At the same time, they were seeing the future of there will be more people who are working remotely and they need a, an insight into what's happening in the company. And let's make that happen. Let's make it easier and let's make it really simple and, and clean. So... And they could have potentially solved that with emails, but that's yeah. where the innovation was that they looked at that and went, well, emails aren't really solving our customers' mm -hmm. potential customer bases' problems. Mm -hmm. And actually, I think Slack was first internal, um, from my own knowledge. So yeah. they literally built it for their own needs and then yeah. went, this is really good. Mm -hmm. um, they're a really funny company. We should perhaps do one on, on them themselves because they've twice tried to build something different a, mm -hmm. a computer game mm -hmm. and come up with two different project uh products which was Flickr and then slack both of them oh. to support building their computer game that they're building they're both by accident um so they're a really interesting company and one well worth looking into yeah but they kind of they they even though probably once they came out with it people were like oh yeah of course like you know, this is what I needed, but you probably wouldn't know to ask for it, but you would know what the problem is, which is that emails aren't cutting it and people aren't able to easily see a, a history of what was discussed because emails just get lost. So we need somewhere central to do that. But they probably wouldn't have thought about that bit of, oh, we could just post it on this thing that has channels that mean that we can each have a different view of the, of like, and it's just simple things like that, which like you know, once they, once they looked at it, once customers looked at it, they're probably like, I didn't even think of this but yeah this is absolutely solving my problem so i think i think they really got it nailed and i think it's really really interesting they really had to work on how to sell it as well because yeah that's true being a community-based thing they couldn't demo it to one person so yeah. i think they had to really look at that customer centric way of actually mm -hmm. um selling this product as well yeah. which is really interesting uh, so they did some really clever stuff there as well uh, yeah again gonna run out of time if we go into too much detail on that darn it <laughs> um so yeah i mean as as i said we are beginning to run out of time so is there 
anything else you want to go into around why customer centricity should be the focus and i suppose is one of our core focuses here or at mm-hmm. least we hope it is yeah um well i think the main reasons for why you should make sure that you're customer centric in the modern world is because any customer no matter who you're dealing with be it like business to consumer business to business anybody like that the information out there to get other services and go with other providers is much easier to get you know they're able to go out there and and find new people much easier and much quicker than before you know they're able to communicate any like any upset or like any um problems that they have with you also very easily on social media and on on other on other platforms like that and other customers are able to see that really quickly so it could potentially, you know, one bad experience could put people off or the inability to keep up with this customer-centric approach could mean that these big conglomerates like Amazon, all of these will just take over because that's what people now want because this is what they got. Um, they, you know, I think people also appreciate being included. I think a lot more recently people have started to see that their opinion matters, but they want to be able to express that opinion. Not even just that they, I think they've always, I've been, I think customers have always known that their opinion is important and their opinion is something that will shape a company. But I think now it's just so much clearer that they can actually help to completely, you know, revolutionize an, another business. Um, and they want to, you know, customers of today do want their needs to be anticipated. They don't want to have to wait around for 10 years to have something happen. That should be easy. You know, they're, they're expecting you to, to pick up on any of these cues and just go with it. They're expecting somebody to pick up on this. You know, if you, if you ask anybody today and say, Oh, you know, when do you think holograms phones will happen? It's like, well, somebody's probably already working on it because we're just expecting this, this level of innovation and we're on such a, such a, quick trajectory of of innovation and such a like slope of just going crazy with new new technologies that customers are expecting that so you need to be able to anticipate the needs of your customers and you need to be able to keep evolving and keep moving forward and make sure that you're reflecting what they are expecting you to be and recommendations is a really key part of that yeah yeah and customers like the companies that make them happy i suppose in that way i mean my brother keeps telling me about this latest card again coming back to the banks he's got which is like consolidates other cards but he loves the feature where he can go back and rearrange oh, yeah. which card he used to pay for something yeah. so he might have actually paid on card a but he can then go into the app and go actually i wanted to pay on card b mm-hmm. so he, he, he signed up to a new bank the other day and um they gave him better rates. So he went back and put all the old transactions he could onto the new bank. Yeah. So he's like, well, I might as well get the better rates. So um, I'm looking into signing up to that bank. I can't remember what they are now. So it's Curve. They're lot. called Curve. Curve is... I'm, I'm looking into them as well. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But it's, you know, it's things, yeah, like exactly like you say, you know, where we, like as customers, are just, I don't know, we just really like to be involved now. We really like to see that, you know, that companies are taking our feedback on board and also i think really importantly we're starting to see more and more that customers want to have loyalty be rewarded you know they want to 
see that if they're somewhere for five years that they won't just get a worse rate than a new person and i think that's actually hitting you know especially in the uk it's hitting car insurance companies a lot recently is because or internet providers or all of these industries where switching every year is normal and you're just thinking as a customer you're thinking this is such a bad model you know how is this even existing in this day and age you know i can't believe that i have to switch every single year just to get a better rate like surely that shouldn't be a thing anymore you should be able to just stay with one customer that should be rewarded you should be valued you know you you've given a lot of time to this this company why are they not seeing you as a valuable asset and I think that's that's the revolution that we're in right now. We just we like to be seen as being valuable to the company, and I think a lot of them are are staying behind and not seeing the value of that, and that's a bit of a shame. <laughs> yep, I totally agree. I think that's exactly the way mm-hmm. things should be going in the future as well. Brilliant, right? Well, that's the end of our time, I'm afraid. So thank you very much for your insights on that, Maggie. That's been really great to find out about. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was really fun chatting about this. And Talking of customer centricity, um, we have a Twitter if you'd like to tell us what you'd like us to find out about next, and we'll we'll see if we can accommodate that. It's um, at what is underscore podcast. Um, you can also find out more about Waterstones by going to our website, um, which is waterstones.com. Um, and as I said, I hope uh, you let us know what you think. Um, thanks very much for listening.